Sunday night, 7 o'clock, time for the Sports Phone here on KZYX. Hope everyone is doing well. This is uh, Welcome to the Show. I'm Jerry. I'm hanging out in my Portland house in my office. Jim is hanging out in the studio. Jim, happy Sunday. Happy Sports Phone Sunday. Yeah, happy Sports Phone Sunday. What a, <laughs> what a whirlwind 24 hours it's been for you. Uh, like Everyone has their... Their travel adventure stories. I think you added another one to your list yesterday. You know, this would be another topic, Jer, is sports-related travel dilemmas. Sure, sure. That's a great topic. I I wonder if we would be able to come up with enough that are like, I know we could, but I wonder if at, at like larger... In like a larger scope, I wonder if we could find enough. If we if we expanded oh, we, like news, uh, we, we, if we expanded to news stories and stuff, we probably could. I'm saying we would have people talking about their college bus that broke down, the yeah, you know, all kinds of stuff like that. But you're right. Yesterday, I traveled all over Mendocino and Sonoma County. I left at quarter of eleven in the morning to go to the airport, drop your mom off. I got home at quarter after eight, and I never put her on an airplane. <laughs> she was in. She had two planes get canceled while she was in the gate area. So yeah. she's waiting to for, for fog. <laughs> it's the first time I've ever heard of a flight canceled for fog. I don't. I don't buy it. I, like, I. I think it was an excuse because if you cancel, or else it's a te- technological glitch or. I can't imagine the, the technology is such that it's not good enough. For, what I'm saying is, if fog was the reason to cancel air flights, we wouldn't have an airport in San Francisco. I mean, this is... Well, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know enough enough about airplanes to, to like make an opinion of it. But it's funny. Uh, after you said, like, oh, we could have a whole show about sports travel problems, I thought of like three more that have happened to me specifically. Well, do you remember uh, like the one around how, sports? There, there's a list here to be had. There's, there's, there's stories to be told. Just tell me this: How old were you? Was, was for the for the Shashevsky uh, Duke basketball camp? Were you in middle yeah, school? Yeah, that's that's one of them. Yeah, uh, going going to Duke basketball camp was one. Uh, a JV basketball trip in college when I was on Linfield's oh, JV basketball team. I've got a couple right. stories with that. All right, uh, put this. Put this on. The, put this there's, on. There's the, yeah, we'll, we'll add this to the list. There's a whole bunch of fun stuff we could talk about. This you know what's going to anyway. happen. People are, are going to start calling tonight. With, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so if you want to, you can. And the reason you can do that is because it's a sports phone. So this show is an open forum sports talk show. If you've never heard Jim and I go at it before, uh, for the next hour, we're just talking sports. And more importantly than us talking about sports, we want you, the listening audience, to give us a call and talk about anything you would like to talk about in the sports world. It can be professional, high school, college, rec league stuff, questions, news stories, quizzes, trivia, uh, controversies. You want to rant about something, you're more than welcome to. As long as it is sports-related in some way, shape, or form, we want to hear about it and we want to talk about it. It's a really fun hour we like to do every let week. Me, let me ask you this. Yeah. Is it possible... That any sports travel story could even come close, because now I'm thinking of them, could he, could come close to the Mendocino High School soccer bus. That's that's up there as well. That one's up there as well. We'll have to. I, we'll ha- yeah, that one we're, we're gonna have to just. Dis- 
figure out how we discuss a little bit because there's some there's some stuff with that one. Uh, but yeah, there's there's a lot of them. There's a lot of we them can talk in generalities if we have to. Yeah, yeah, we'd have to talk in generalities on that one. But yeah, there's all sorts of good stuff to talk about. Um, but again, anything's on the table as long as it's sports related. Then I'm going to call 707-895-2448. Um, couple little quick housekeeping notes, and then we'll we'll get into the show here. Uh, there will be no no sports phone next week. Uh, it, you know, you want to draw your conclusions about why there's no sports phone next week. You're more than welcome to. Uh, but uh, there will be no sports phone next week. Jim and I are going to be be taking the, the show off. And then something I, I, I started mentioning, uh, Jim, last or in the fall sports season, then the high school sports season, right around now, like or the equivalent of now in the fall. Uh, I know we haven't done a lot of, of high school sports coverage for winter sports, specifically yeah. around basketball, but we've kind of reformatted the way we are covering local sports. Uh, once the playoffs start for basketball, we will deep dive into that, very similar to how we did for fall playoffs um, without some of the resources that we used to have uh, where we've kind of taken a new approach to how we're covering covering local sports. So once the playoffs uh, really get rolling, we will dive into that. And that should be what, Jim, in the next two weeks? Next high school two playoffs weeks, should start um, for basketball? I- I, I think the seating meetings are the, um, I think they're the tenth, eleventh. I think they're the so next week. So yeah. we'll come back. And I want I want to remember we'll a, sport, a sport that is big in Fort Bragg, and not in Mendo at all. But um, I don't know oh, what yeah. other schools. But I, I want to make sure we give a shout out to wrestling. Wrestling, right? Yes. We're, so winter sports, not just specifically basketball. We'll <clears> right, but but in, in nine out of ten small schools, that's it's all basketball. there is in the winter. Yeah. Yep, yep, absolutely. Okay, so let's go ahead and get rolling here. And we are starting with our quiz question for the week. So Jim and I uh, always come up with a quiz question. Uh, this is something that if you know the answer, call. If you want to take a guess, you're more than welcome to call. Uh, last, I, I'm pretty proud of last week's question because it kind of became like a group community effort. I'm trying to put together some new quiz questions that are going to be like that. This week's question, Jim, I, I think that... S- you're either going to know this or you're not in the sense of it's not something you can really piece together very well. But if someone knows the answer to this, they're going to know the answer to this as soon as they hear it. The, so the are you telling that, me, that is this one of the first questions that you're going to guess that someone will know this and be able to answer it faster than someone else can look it up? Yes, yes. There <laughs> there were people, if, if, if someone knows the answer to this question, they're probably going to know the answer to it before I even finish the question. Huh, okay. But at the same time, I don't think it's an easy question. I think it, there's, I, there's I variables here. I wouldn't have known it. Yeah. So, and, and I guess I have to add a new disclaimer before I get to the question is, these questions are based on my research. Because last week, I thought there were nine teams uh, whose name didn't end in an S. It turned out there were ten. So, if, if my quiz questions are wrong, you are more than welcome to call me out on that as a listening audience. Um, I feel like I have to now give that disclaimer. Uh, but the quiz question for this week, and if you know the answer, 707-895-2448, or if you want to take a guess at the answer. Um, there is only, in my, in my research, there's only one city. Uh, I would like to know what city it, it is that all the major sports teams in that city share the same color scheme. And you're pretty sure That's there's the only one, huh? And I, my research, there's only one. <laughs> um, I would like to know the color scheme, the city, and the teams. The name. So there's kind of three three parts to that. We got a call. You're on the air. That would be Pittsburgh. 
See, there you go. I told you. Someone would know it right off the bat. Wait a minute here. You, you answered that so fast, I didn't have time to do this. Nice. All right. Well, you know, I'd like to say something <laughs> besides the congratulations is, Jer, I, I want a number. The fastest for the record book, Sports Phone Records, that was the fastest anyone answered. I'd say it's under 30 seconds. What do you think? Yeah. 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 I think it's right around there. Okay. I think it's, yeah. Because because like I said, someone was going to hear that question and was going to know the answer before I finished the question. Why, why did you know it, Carl? Did, 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 I'm just I'm just curious. You're not from Pittsburgh, are you? No, that this is we've talked this is about Vince. this before, actually. Like I think I brought this up on the show. Oh, this is Vince. Yeah, at some point. Yeah, who else is going to call in 30 seconds and answer that one? Come on. <laughs> no, that, that's one. That's one that I've used for, for trivia for other people um, sure. at other times because it's you know. Um, it's a, it's a random thing, you know. The three, the Penguins, Steelers, and Pirates. Okay, so, so you know how black we, and yellow. You know how in basketball, there's like for stats, there's things called you know like triple double, three, three um, records that you know all double double figures. I'll just n- announce to sports phone fans here that <clears throat> you now have two records: the most calls and <laughs> the quickest, the quickest. Um, the quickest trivia answer, and probably the most times being a co-host, a, a sub-co-host. Co-host. That's, yeah. that's a triple something. I, I like it. I like it. It means I'm participating, and uh, the, the show's got longevity, which is good. Uh, so I got a trivia question for you. All right. The, the last member of the Montreal Expos finally retired from professional sports. <laughs> Jerry, do you know it already? I, I, I know the answer to this question. I saw I saw something about it on Twitter. Repeat the question, Vince. It, the the last member that wore a Montreal Expos baseball uniform finally retired from professional sports. So that team's not there anymore. Is that what we're saying? They've been gone for uh, twelve years, longer maybe. Jerry, did they move the, cities or did they just disband? No, they're the Washington Nationals now. So they moved from Montreal to Washington, D.C. So even though, I, I guess when you move a, a sports franchise, what affiliation, like if you move the Montreal, I'd like to hear this from both of you guys. If you if you move the Montreal Expos to wherever, you said Washington? Mm-hmm. And you're not the Washington Expos, is it still the same? What makes it still the same franchise? The owners? I, I mean, unless they sold the team to an owner that moved the the team. Because, um, I mean, that's what the Cleveland Browns did, right? The Cleveland Browns moved to Baltimore and became the Baltimore Ravens. So that was, and that was the same owner. But I guess when you're moving, you're relocating, I guess, changing the name kind of makes sense because, you know, there's no expositions in D.C. It's not, an, you know, there's no expos there. So you go back. They used to be the Senators. You give them a new, you know, fancy political name and move on. There's only one thing. Jer, what do you think? The only thing that makes sense is that same owner still owns it. It's not the same franchise. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. The other thing I'm trying to figure out here, and and I don't know if this is, if this is uh, on a case by case basis or. Uh, 
or or it's universal or something. But the other thing I'd be curious about is if if the previous franchise absorbs the records of of Ooh. from the old one into the new one. So, like for example, what a great question. Uh, the, yeah. I, I believe the Oklahoma City Thunder uh, recognize franchise records of the Seattle Sonics. So right. you're I saying if, I, you're saying if you scored so many points, and then y- you moved with that team, your points keeps accruing when with the new franchise or the new right. city. Right. Right. Yeah, oh. that makes sense. Because that's interesting then for, like, the again, going back to the Cleveland Browns, what happened there? When they went to Baltimore, did all the records go with Baltimore? And then when they restarted the Browns, that's a new history? Well, like, that's an interesting one. I want to know where Jim, if Jim Brown has records for anybody but the Cleveland Browns. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> so. So, so to go back to my go back to my question. By the way, the answer to Vince's trivia question is Tom Brady. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Is what? It's Tom Brady because Tom Brady was technically also drafted by the Expos when, along with going to the NFL. What? He was yeah. he was drafted yeah. to play baseball. Yeah. yeah, as a catcher. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but but to go to uh to go to the. The, the back to my question kind of thing we were talking about with like our records absorbed uh, games, minutes played, field goals scored and field goals attempted uh, along with two point shots made two point shots attempted total steal. Basically, Gary Payton owns about half the records of the Oklahoma City Thunder still. Interesting. Huh. Yeah. yeah. And he never played a 707 895-2448. We're just beginning the show here. Well, we're 16 minutes into the show. Um, the trivia has been guessed, and a new record was set in the in in the trivia. We we'd like to hear what anybody else has to uh, has to say. You want to uh, you want to listen in, Vince? Give a call later. Absolutely, and I and I will say um, coming up with a list of fun uh, sports travel. Oh, yeah. So yeah. Great, great I, we got We got something there. there. I think we have a real good topic there. So what is what's no it going to take? Well, it's going to take someone just start telling their story for us to go on to it. But let's hold for now. Let me let me do this day and we'll see where we're at. You got it. I'll listen in, guys. Thanks, Thanks, Thanks Vince. <clears throat> that was interesting, Jer. 707-895-2448. Lines are open. Anything you want to talk about in the world of sports, you yeah. bring you bring up the topic. And as Jim just said, like we may table crazy sports travel stories because we want to put together our list but that's not stopping anyone from calling and talking about it if they if that's sparked their sparked their interest kind of thing uh but yeah go ahead jim you know excuse me for being an, an old guy with with a memory that's, that's not so great how did this come up again it was only uh, 15 minutes because ago we're talking about your trip to the airport oh that's right just the trip to the yeah. airport all right 1921 this day in sports what is the date here? 2-5, February 5th in 1921, 20 acres were bought to build by, by the Yankees to build the original Yankee Stadium on 20 acres. And the stat Jerry just told me is I thought they just like moved over a couple hundred feet and built a new Yankee Stadium, but that's on another 24 acres, Jerry tells me. Yeah. 1931, Jaron, I want to know what the current record is. Malcolm Campbell, on February 5th, 1931, set the land speed record in his car called the Bluebird Car in Daytona, 
Florida and 246.08 miles per hour. So this isn't a race. This is how fast you can go without without taking off from the ground, basically. So You got a record? <clears throat> I do. Jim, I want to know how much you think it's been beaten by. Um, you, you know nothing about, well, I mean, you know stuff about cars. Uh, and I, I, mean, I'm I don't think, I'm, gonna, I, I, I'm curious what your guess is here. How much do you think it's been beaten by? Okay, I just answered a call. Caller, just just be patient here. I'm going to guess because Jerry's going to probably laugh at me. I'm going to say if 246 miles per hour in 1931, that it's probably approaching 300 miles an hour today. You're way off. Hello, caller. You're on the air. Oh, hi there, guys. Um, okay, so I don't think you've covered this on Sports Zone before, okay. um, but it's one of my... I don't play so much these days, but um, anyway, it's about the world darts competition oh, we, we like the top no i'm ready I've, i mean okay power, man I'll, yeah I, no I, you but, go but, first and then i have some dark stories to tell you but you go first and i my, I, my, <laughs> I, I have the same thing to tell you and I, I i i lived in england for three years playing basketball and that's where ah. I, that's where i started playing darts but, but go, caller you go first you go first. i'm so yeah, i'm yeah, so yeah. excited well i'm cash cool guys okay so that, here's a question for the audience. How many countries compete in the World Darts Championship? Ooh, that's a trivia question. Yeah. Okay. And um, so, you know, World Darts is an amazing, I mean, well, playing darts, as you guys know, is a, is a really great sport. And the nine dart finish, which is the ultimate finish, um, particularly on a 501 finish, you know, when they play 501, right. you're counting down for 501. Um and it's incredibly difficult. Um, I mean, to get three darts into the treble 20, anyone knows a dartboard, is amazingly hard to do. The highest double being, of course, double 25, which is the bullseye, not, which is 50. Um, so my brief um, trip, not really a trivia, but my brief story about that is my father from way, way back um, in London was a, a very highly acclaimed darts player in the pubs around London. And the... News of the World, which was in those days, I think it might still be one of the biggest regional uh, newspapers in the world, actually. Um, anyway, they had what's called the World Darts Championship in those days. And the winner would get a set of silver darts, solid silver darts, plus a big fee. And um, my father um, played around in, played in South London, um, where, where I was born. Anyway, so he would never put himself forward in the competition, but he was really well known. And one one evening, one night, a guy came into the pub where my father used to go, and this guy had won the News of the World Darts Championship twice. Ooh. He had two sets of silver darts. And people started placing bets on my father versus this guy. My father was oh. James Weller. Anyway... Um, this was recounted because my father was always, a, you know, he, he would never really push himself forward too much. But anyway, my uncle, who was there that night, said, he said, your father took him on and beat him, and the guy gave him one of his set of silver darts. But here wow. was the thing. My father, my father in the competition, or against this guy, he hit um, um, out, of, out of, I think, out of uh, seven sets of three darts, he hit five treble twenties. Wow. Yeah, and my father could go around the board in doubles in 20, 
uh, darts around the, a treble in 20. I have a question. question. So, so this little... I'm going to use a, an old old sports term. This little grudge match here, what, yeah. this had nothing to do with any competition. They just were at the same pub at the same yeah. time. Your dad was well known enough. Who challenged who? I never. I, this is my memory fails me. My dad's long gone by now. Um, oh, I think it was. It wasn't my my, my father didn't challenge him. Or vice versa. I think it was people in the pub. Oh, people were always putting like, down money to, you know. Yeah, get there was always money changing hands in darts competitions, right? Oh, I pubs. see, I see. And so they said, hey, hey, you know. And this guy was well known. And he said, come on, we're going to put a local guy in. Anyway, so my father was up oh, against I him. See. But I never got the guy's number. Um, I don't know if I could even find that out right now. I mean, my father would now be, he was born in 1908, so he will be, if he was alive today, he'd be the same age as Edie Ciccarelli, which, by the way, guys, I'm sure everyone knows, um, is our local hero lady. She's 115 today. She's from Willits, wow. right? Oh, yeah. She's the third oldest person in the world, and she lives wow. in Willits. And number one in the United States. Yeah, yeah. She yeah. was um, she was born in Willits. She's the number one in the U.S. Exactly. Um, the oldest lady, I think, lives in Spain. Who was also, I think, married in. Uh, sorry, she was born in San Francisco, and she's 115. I think in 286 days. So um, there's three in the world now. 115 and 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 um, Edie. Um, Edie was 115 today. So there was a big parade past the house today. So, so I got a feeling that I, you never go ahead, Jer. Oh, I, I'm just waiting for my dark story. I'm waiting to tell mine. I don't have any dark <laughs> stories. So so let me say that... Oh, you go first. Go. Okay. So uh, so my dark story... Um, so in my... Where I used to work, before I moved up to Oregon, I was working in Phoenix. And yeah. we had a break room that we would, we would go into. And in the break room, we had a pool table, a ping pong table, and then we also had a dark board. Um, and, right. and this was, it was one of those plastic automated dartboards where it wasn't, you know, you would throw the dart, it would they'd stick in a little holes and then it would, all the scoring would be calculated for you and things like that. But uh -huh. normally we just played a lot of ping pong, but one time we just got really, really into darts, uh, and we would play tournaments that would go over like two or three week periods because we needed to make sure we were on shift with each other. We could take breaks and stuff. And we would just play these big dart tournaments and it all kind of culminated in one one time we in our office we turned on and watched the World Dart Championships, ah. uh, and that was one of the most raucous, energetic sporting events I've ever watched. Like it competed with football, college basketball, oh, yeah. you name it. Those people were you mean this, hyped up to Jer, watch darts. Jerry, you mean the scene in, in in the championship, in the pub? In the stadium, yeah, oh, in geez. the stadium that the, that the championships were taking place at. Wow. Right, oh, it's a big deal, yeah. So yeah. great, you were watching that, huh? Yeah, it was so much fun. And it, it was fascinating, too. It, it reminded me a lot of watching bowling in the sense of every throw looked exactly the same they had a look of concentration that nothing could break their focus. The, play, yeah. the people that were playing, it was just, it was so rhythmic too. Like they just throw, throw, throw. Exactly. Was by the way, let me interject. Yeah. The secret is not to move your head. Yeah. Huh. 
Now that I think about watching it, you're right. No one ever moved their head. It's interesting he mentioned bowling color because, you know, I grew up <clears throat> around bowling and bowl, and I went bowling on Sundays with my brother. And the interesting thing about 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 bowling that, that has gotten so much better just in my lifetime. I remember when, you know, the winners would bowl 260s and 280s and 290s. Now, I, I watched this bowling championship, and like three people all had 300 games. I mean, it was like, they're and it's like darts. They've just gotten so, so good at it. Yeah, darts is, I love it. It's One thing I've always been curious about is, and Caller, you might know the answer to this. Do, do people that are really good at darts, have they played so much that when it gets into like the later rounds, they just know what they need to do? what they need to yeah. score, or someone doing the math yeah. for them? This, this, this is uh, a great they... question. Um, <clears throat> one of the great, I think, one of the great skills you learn in darts is how to count backwards. Yeah. Oh, okay, with random, sure, sure, sure. With, with random numbers. Normally on a game, you start with a double, you end with a double. You always end with a double. And with 301, which is a common game uh, for most people, you start with a double, you end with a double. 501 is normally a, a, a competition uh, a number. But anyway, yeah. So the, the the real benefit is you learn how to count backwards very quickly. You know, you learn all the doubles, all the trebles. You can take a number and say, okay, that's going to be a treble 17, it's going to be a double 16, and you're going to finish on blah, you know. So um, that, I think, in terms of just of, in terms of, you know, uh, numerical literacy, which is, I think, um, is, is very lacking today, I think, in our youth, who tend to use mm -hmm. a lot of, you know, um, cell phones, mobile phones, you know, calculators and so on. Sure. Uh, when I was growing up, we didn't have any of that shit, but it was like, um, it was like the ability to count backwards was a really, a really cool thing to learn how to do. And darts is a way to do it, by the way. Hmm. Interesting. The, um, <clears throat> um, I, I, I grew up playing a lot of darts even before I moved to Europe and learned what darts really were. You know, that's like, that's, <clears throat> uh, I learned what some sports were that, that I had no idea were really sports, like darts. It was just a recreation where I grew up. I played, a, do you know this term, caller? I, we used to play around the world. Uh-huh, Me, yeah. Meaning, meaning you, had yeah. To, <clears throat> you had to hit one, then you had to hit yeah. two, then you had to hit three. Yeah. And it was the first person to make it all the way to, to 20, <clears throat> and then you had to hit the bullseye and, and all that. Absolutely. Great, great, great. All right, um... <clears throat> I'm going to move on. I got another call. This, this so good though. This so is good. Wonderful. Thank you so much for calling and talking about darts. Hey, I could do it for him. Thank yeah, you so much. Bye. Bye. Wow. Uh, give a call back, caller. If 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 you're still there, seven oh seven. Couldn't interrupt the darts guy, Jer. Oh, can't interrupt darts. Darts is amazing. Uh, Nineteen thirty-one. Okay. Okay. So so what is the? Wait a minute. <laughs> Oh yeah, back to our back to our land speed record. Land speed record: two hundred forty-six oh eight in nineteen thirty-one, and I guess it might be around three hundred now. What's the record now? The the outright land speed record is seven hundred and sixty-three miles an hour. What? <laughs> so what you hit a bump. Like, <laughs> some airplanes don't go that fast. How, wait a minute. How how does that count as a land speed record when airplanes are going five hundred miles an hour? How come it's land how, speed? How come they didn't take off? Huh. I don't think I don't think I, I don't I guess it has, I don't, to, has to do with I, the wind. I, this isn't the right person to ask this question, but I imagine it's it's because the wings are keeping it down. It's Instead because of, one thing's designed to fly, the other thing is not designed to fly. I I I I think yeah, I think it's because the 
the wings on the car, whatever the, the equivalent is, is pushing the car down instead of lifting it up off the ground. All right, yeah. 19... <laughs> oh, boy. Um, I had to do this, and this is... This is for the, I'm, I'm going to say this is for the darts guy, because he's probably, as far as I know, he's the only one that's going to really appreciate this. But here's my next two. In 1958, on the 5th of February, 1958, test cricket debut of outstanding West Indian spin bowler Lance Gibbs, second test versus Pakistan in Port of Spain. And in 1959, Australia regains the Ashes with a 10-wicket victory at Aldelaide. So there you go. That's, the, that's this day in cricket history. I have no idea when either of those men. The second one, I think I might be able to piece together. I could piece together, <laughs> oh, okay, it. Australia. No, 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 hold on. Hear me out here. I, this, with the second, the first one, I have no idea what it means. Australia the regains one, the Ashes. With a 10-wicket victory at Adelaide. I see where you Okay, so Adelaide is where they played. Okay. <laughs> the Ashes, I'm assuming, is the equivalent of some sort of trophy cup. that's a rivalry a between two countries. Or a cup tournament, yeah. Or a cup like tournament, that. yeah, something okay. like that. All right. Boy, saved by the call. Hello, you're on the air. Okay, guys, I'm oh, back. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, yeah. Did, did, I on. did I offend you? What? Oh, you're on did if I... you're talking about cricket and the ashes, then I'm the guy you've got to talk to. <laughs> was I close? Well, what was your question? <laughs> well, Jer well, Jerry so tried to translate. Was, I got it. So, so my guess was, based on this description of yeah. Australia regains the ashes with a 10-wicket victory at Adelaide, my guess was yeah. at, at Adelaide is defining where this took place. Yeah. Re regaining the ashes... I'm guessing this is the equivalent of like in college sports, it's a trophy. In, 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 in college football, there's a lot of rivalries where there's a trophy that the winner gets to have. I'm yeah. guessing this is some sort of rivalry, and that's the okay, name of the it, trophy. You're absolutely right. So Excellent. the Ashes, <clears throat> I mean, obviously Ashes has a kind of, uh, you know, uh, so many associations, Ashes to Ashes, Dust to Dust, right? Oh, yeah. So what happened was... Um, Britain used to be the, you know, number one cricket country, obviously, in the world, originated there. But, of course, with the British Empire and so on, all of those countries like Australia, New Zealand, Jamaica, other countries, South Africa and so on, they all got cricket, right? So the what happened in, back in those days, 58, was that the... Um, the 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 big game, which was between all the cricketing countries in Australia and Britain, right. and finally, um, the Australians beat us. And what they did, they took the three bales of the wicket. Let's take a little bit of explaining. But you've got what's called a wicket at each end of a twenty-two yard yeah. pit pitch, right, with a big field around it, and there are three stumps they're called stumps and they're just wooden stumps that go into the ground and across the top of each stump connecting the three stumps there are two what are called bales uh, which are uh, grooved they just sit on top so what the australians did they actually burnt the bales which is like <clears throat> when you're talking cricket you're talking a sacred 
freaking game here. Oh, right? I see. So yeah. uh, let me. I, so I, anyway, the point, the point, the point of being is they they, they burned the, and that were the ashes. So the, so the, so. Oh. Uh, basically, uh, the British, the English team said, "Right, we're going to get those ashes back," and they've been trying to get them back ever since. Oh, I see. <laughs> so but every year, the ashes is this kind of cricket thing with Australia and and, and England, and who's, who's going to get the ashes back? So it's like an urn. It's like an urn. It's like ashes. Right. right. It, it's a it's a trophy. So it's uh, a trophy. Yeah. So what I want to know, sh- short short explanation. Is a 10-wicket victory in 1959, is that like saying they won by 50 in basketball or they won by one? I mean, Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Th- oh, that's, that's a blowout. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, I think, seem to remember, I, it was a year and a half, two years ago, what I mentioned, I talked about cricket to you guys, and they said, we, I remember you saying, we don't know anything about cricket, right? So <clears throat> cricket is the most remarkable game, and one of the reasons I mention it is because where I grew up in England, in Surrey, on the Kent-Surrey border, just south of England, uh, south of London, was one of the places where cricket was invented, in a place called Addington. And um, what was amazing about that, if any of you, if you either of you or any of of our listeners have seen Downton Abbey, you know, that um, very famous TV series that was on, um, cricket is featured in one of the Downton Abbeys. And classically, what would happen was you'd have in these, you know, in, in these towns where, you know, maybe there was an aristocrat or the family would own, you know, the whole you know, area. They, the aristocrats would field a team of 11, which is the number you have in a cricket, cricket game, against the locals, which would be the, you know, the people that were basically the servants or workers or, you know, in that, in that area. And so that would be a big game. And the great thing about cricket was it was like, um, you know, all of that sort of class stuff was all dropped. It was now two, you know, two teams of two, two sets of 11, two lots of guys trying to, you know, and, and you'd have it on the village green and everyone would bring tea and cakes and it would last a day and it would be a, a really great social occasion, you know, but... Um, it's, a, it's an amazing game. It will take a little long to probably explain to everybody, but it's, it has a lot of mystical origins. You know, I mean, the balls, by the way, when you, it's a very hard ball. It's even harder than the baseball. Um, and it's, um, it's, you know, it's red, and it's covered in leather, and it's got a big seam around it. And just like in baseball, where you can throw a knuckleball and so on, you can spin, you can do all kinds of things with this ball. And the, uh, the Jamaicans became so damn good at this game those guys were throwing these balls down um, at 160, 170 miles an hour. I mean, just unbelievable. And you, you bowl the ball. You don't throw it. It's not like a throw. You're bowling it, which means um, it's, you, you know, the bowler is running and then bowls the ball towards the, 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 um, the batsman. And um, it's an, over, over, it's an over, overarm um, bowl as opposed to a throw. And there's a lot to it. I mean, there's, it's just a lot of mythology. You know, I used to play a lot of cricket when I was at school, and I used to play in a position called silly mid-off. And silly mid-off is where you're between the two wickets, which are 22 um, yards apart, and you're almost like in the middle. And for most bat- batters, they are, you know, right-handed. And so the silly mid-off position would be you'd be right in, right in the middle of where a guy would strike the ball and it's coming at you at over 100 miles an hour, 
and you're supposed to stop it, and I was brilliant at doing that. <laughs> That's why it's called silly mid-off, because it's a damn silly position to be in. <laughs> All right, that's that's uh, okay. Anyway, you, that's a lot. You covered cricket, right? dots, darts, and you covered crickets tonight. <clears throat> um, we have a we now have a new specialist, Jer, English sport, the guy with the English <laughs> sports expertise. I gotta go. Thank you so yeah, much. By the way, don't get me started on tiddlywinks, which we could go into a whole other game. <laughs> we'll get mar marbles and tiddly tiddlywinks next week. All right, then. love it. Hey, I just got a a, a term here uh, on the um, from a caller, Jer. What keeps the the seven hundred mile an hour car on the ground are some sort of wings on the car creating a downforce. Sure, yeah, it may make sense. It's yeah, no I wasn't wrong. One's designed to fly, one's not. <laughs> in nineteen seventy four, on this day, Matt Whirlin oh, still going. Matt Whirlin scored two hundred and seventy four points in a basketball game. He scored yeah. all. 240 points. I don't even want to talk about that. Oh, 1978. Yeah. Oh, I like this one. Fred Newman in 1978. Um, you might want to check that one out for me, Jerry, while we move on to sports. I, we got to move on to uh, Super Bowl food. Uh, 88 free throws blindfolded in a row. You ever heard of that guy? No, I haven't. Uh, it's still the record, though. <laughs> Has anyone ever tried to I, you know, Michael he, Jordan shot a couple. He shot a couple with his eyes closed during an NBA game. Funny enough, this guy also holds the record for most free throws made in 24 hours, most free throws made in an hour, and most free throws made in 10 minutes using two basketballs. Oh, using two basketballs. So he's, sure. so he's a free throw expert. And he made 88 in a row. It's funny you say that because my personal record is 88, and my eyes were open the whole time. So... No. <clears throat> We still have 20 minutes, and we have no calls right now. I've been dying to talk about this, but, you know, Cricket and Darts guy just took over for me. It was so fascinating. As as he, as he it should. As That's it should. how the show should I know, work. I know. So you want to do this? Um, um, yeah, we could, we could do some Super Bowl stuff. Okay. Uh, I think is yeah. So, so the way Jim and I like to handle our Super Bowl conversations are uh, we're not going to spend one minute, unless someone wants to call, uh, we're not going to spend a single minute actually analyzing the game. That's what ESPN's for. It's what Fox Sports is for. That's what the pros are for. We're not going to talk about the game at all. Uh, we are going to talk about our other favorite elements of the Super Bowl, uh, which is food, and if we get to it, commercials. Um, but I think we're going to start with food. Uh, Jim, I'll, I'll ask this question to you if we don't have any calls, 707-895-2448. To get started... Without naming anything specific, what makes good Super Bowl food? I I think I think basically I hadn't thought about it. you didn't ask me this prior to the to the show, so I I, th I think there's two obvious answers to this. Yeah, you know something you don't need um you don't need spoons and forks for hand, yep, finger, finger food. food finger hand food is number one hand food is. It, are you making this up, or is this part of the statistics? No, no, this, I'm making this up, but I, okay. I think there's two elements, and I think hand food is number one. Okay. Then and the second one is it's shareable. Well, all food's shareable. It's easily shareable. Easily shareable, okay. Yeah. But yeah. Easily, easily be shareable with everyone using their hands. <laughs> yes, yes. 707-895-2448. Exactly. Uh, 
Please don't let us get too far into this. This is the stupidest thing we've ever talked about. But go, go ahead. Do whatever. Okay. Yeah, it's about to get even even sillier, though, as, if, as we get into this. So I went out into the world of the Internet, and I came across a research project, essentially, um, that went out with the goal of determining what the top 10 Super Bowl foods are in the United States. Now, to be very clear about this, this list is not definitive. It is it is not a, a absolute. It is it is this list was put together with how the research was done. And the way the research was done was they looked at individual states around the time of the Super Bowl and used Google's search term date information to put together like what types of food were searched for around the time of the <clears throat> Super Bowl. Uh through Google. And that's how this list got put together of this top 10 food. So there's things not on this list. Uh, there are things I'm very surprised they're not on this list. Uh, but this is this is the list that we came up with. Um, and these aren't the specific states. We're going to get to that a little bit later. But right now, right. These, this is across the United States. What are the top 10 Google hits for something relating to, to Super Bowl food yeah. leading up to the Super Bowl, whatever that leading is? Leading up to the Super Bowl. Funny enough, the first one, I've been to a lot of Super Bowl parties. The number one search in the United States, I've never had at a Super Bowl party, but it doesn't surprise me, uh, is our meatballs. Have you had those? Have you had those at other, like, hors d'oeuvre parties? I yeah, have. I've had them at hors d'oeuvre parties. Just meatball on a stick, maybe get a little dipping sauce with that. I've absolutely had it. I've just never had it at a Super Bowl party, but it absolutely makes sense that meatballs would be high on this list. So we're not asking people to. Um, I'd like to know what what callers' favorite Super Bowl foods are and why. Yeah. But um, we're going to go over this list. We're not asking. Well, I guess either way, we're, we'll go over the yeah, list. Yeah, we can go over the list. All right. So yeah. number one is is meatballs. Yep. Number two is no surprise here. Yeah. I think this is the number of of the category it's in. I think it's number one. Yeah, because if you there, there's a whole bunch of different categories that if you if you group these together, they'd probably beat meatballs. Yeah, but no, I'm saying this is far and away the best dip because number two is a dip. It, uh, it's, it, I think it's a no brainer. If, 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 if anyone can come up with it with a dip. They can outdo guacamole on Super Bowl or any time of the year, actually. Yeah, <clears throat> There's a I would lot argue of good it's, dips. It's top level dip. Yeah. yeah. And you, you, uh, could, you could also argue that number three is also a dip. Yeah, chips and salsa. Chips That's and salsa. Yep. Or just, uh, I think we just go through this real quick and then we can kind of give our, our thoughts on the list. I don't know if we want to go through each one one by one. Uh, or, or we can kind of go through them and then we can give our thoughts on it. Sure. Uh, t- tater tots, number four. You know, and when you mentioned that last year or sometime, I no, you know, I'm going to think back here. I have a pretty memory about some weird things. You know who I think put tater tots on their Super Bowl list of, of foods? Do you remember who said it over the air? No. I think it was Dr. Chico. I might have been. She came up with tater tots, the sports phone sure. doctor, and I had never heard of them before. Uh, they're sure. just fried potatoes, and I don't know why they're not called French fries. <laughs> uh, Chili's number five, which is one I've never had at a Super Bowl party. It's too messy. I just, I, I, I'm, that one surprised me a little bit. I think it's too messy for a Super Bowl party. 
You can't eat that with your fingers. I don't care who exactly. you are. Yeah. Uh, wings. I'm surprised Wings was not as high uh, or was not higher. Wings is number six. Um, oh, I just got one. I just got one over over text, Jared. Should yep, I? Yep. Should, let, let me get through the list. First. Okay. 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 Yeah. Uh, hummus at number seven. Proud to see hummus at number seven. That's a that's an outlier. It's a surprise. I was happy it was there. Uh, nachos at number eight. Pigs in a blanket, which I think has no right to be on this list, is at number nine. I think that's ridiculous. Uh, and then spinach artichoke dip, which is a very underrated dip in my opinion, is number ten. Uh, in terms of it, again, this was the around the Super Bowl the most searched uh, t- food terms in Google put together in the United States. I just got a text on one here, and this this one makes sense because every time I see one of these, I'm like, "Are you are are you gonna really cut that up and eat it?" You know, that, that, I'm always amazed when I see it. But the gigantic party sub. I don't think again. It's too messy. I think it's, <laughs> it's too a messy. Sa- it's a finger food. It's a sandwich. It's a, but but if you so if you start throwing and, and as Jim said, this is one of the dumbest conversations we're going to have on the sports phone. So <laughs> if you've got anything you want to talk about in the next thirteen minutes that's sports related, um, or if you've got something else you want to, or if you want to contribute to this conversation, you can give us a call seven zero seven eight nine five two four four eight. But this we, is how Jim we, and I are we got a talk call. We got a call on the sports call phone. The you're 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 live on the air. Pizza not make that list. So pizza is on the uh, is of my is one of my three that I was surprised is not on the list. The three for me were pizza, ribs, and French fries. Um, but I w- I guess the argument is again it's too messy. It's okay. Ri- ribs ribs aren't messy. Pizza's not messy. Pizza's yeah, like I, I guess, one of yeah. the easiest. Like you pick it up, you put it in your mouth. It's simple. I don't know. Pizza wings. Pizza wings and a couple dips. That's pretty much all you need. You're good. But uh, So I want to go and flip a little bit away from this. I, I'd like to know your thoughts on the new Pro Bowl. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. This was on my list of things to talk about. Uh, so and Jim is totally blind on this, Vince, which I'm excited about. Because I told Jim before the show, I was like, hey, I might want to talk a little bit about the Pro Bowl's new format. And I don't, Jim, no. you have no idea what the new format was, right? Are we off food? Yeah, we're moving off. We're all, yeah, for now. For now. All right. I, yeah. I just, I, I just, I just put a guy on hold. So go over this one quick, because I got a feeling we got another food guy on the line. But okay. Go ahead. So, so real quick, Jim, you were totally oblivious to the way the pro, the new format for the Pro Bowl, right? You that was totally off your radar. All I know, all I know, I compare. It's just an all-star game for football. That's the only right. thing I know. I didn't so even they, know there was yeah. a format. Yeah. So they totally reformatted it this year, and and I don't know how long we will be on this, but. They made it the Pro Bowl games. So there were four flag football games uh, of like, I think, four-minute halves or something like that. And then there were a bunch of individual skills challenges. And all of that, when whichever the AFC or the NFC won the event, would get points. And then the team with the most points at the end of all the challenges won the Pro Bowl games. So did they ever play a game? A real game? They played, they played seven-on-seven flag football. Okay, so they they have decided not to risk injuries. That's all I can tell you. Exactly, but I tell you, because we talk about all-star games, you know, the hockey just had theirs, the NBA's coming up, it's the Pro Bowl. All three of us really don't like all-star games, as far as I remember. Uh, I I can't stand them, but these formats, like, I love hockey because they do all the skills things, and it's, like, fascinating to watch. I thought this was a great change. 
I mean, I didn't really, I didn't watch the Pro Bowl, but I, I watched all the highlights, and it seemed like a way, way better experience for the fans and the players. I don't know. Yeah. Just a quick yeah. little tidbit there. You know, I like I like that, Vince. I I I watched the. Di- all, all two or three, whatever days is leading up to the NBA All Star game. Never watch the game. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I have more chance of watching the celebrity game than I do the the real game. Of, hey, of, all, of all the skills challenges across all the different sports basketball, baseball, hockey, football uh, the new one that I found this year, it's far and away my favorite. It beats the dunk contest is kick tack toe. Ooh. It's, is it's that with the, uh, the punters and the kickers? Yeah, it's the punters and the yeah, kickers yeah. playing tic-tac-toe. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah. Huh. yeah, that was really neat. Let, <laughs> that, was me, that was really one of the best highlights for sure. I got a guy so wait. I got a so guy good. waiting. Let's take him and then um, give us a shout out at the end if you can, Vince. You know, what I mean? we're off next week. Yeah, I hear you. I'm getting him in as much as I can. I love it. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks, Vince. Thanks, Vince. You're on the air. Turn off your radio. Uh, spin it's artichoke. Absolutely. I'm on that page with you. Top 10. Oh, that is underrated most, dip. Un- of, underrated. And, 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 and here's the deal also. If you buy it at the store, you will be disappointed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is something you really got to make. Okay? So, so that isn't really why I called, but since, you know, you, you thought you had a food guy, I thought I'd just throw mine in there. I want to talk about sex and sports. The, what okay. and what sex? And I don't mean I don't mean genders, and I don't mean female basketball, male basketball. I want to talk about for some reason the guy earlier talking, the first guy talking about darts. I don't know. He triggered something that went way back, and I mean like way back because I'm 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 Jim's age, almost, and almost I'm the- thinking back to like my early teens, and so. Uh, I discovered on TV something back there, and I think the most elegant and 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 not even called for, but it, it, it seems sexy. The the most graceful sports, the athletes in sports were these Asian women and probably mostly Japanese that were playing nine ball competitively. Nine ball billiards. Nine, yes. They're the most, and nine ball is a crazy game because you can go from, I mean, all of a sudden you can win. In the middle of the game, all of a sudden you can hit that nine. I know, that's true. Off of a five, off of a two. Yep. You know, you can do some kind of a thing that all of a sudden, game's over, that lasted four minutes, or, you know, you got to run all nine. But anyway. So, so, so you got a different, I, you got a different feeling watching nine ball than you did darts, huh? <laughs> I never watched darts. I played darts. Oh, okay. But, so the thing, but but no, no. For some reason, he was right. talking about it, and, and some aspect of it triggered this in me to think about. Wow, you know these these were the most most elegant and 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 very subtly because you didn't see much skin at all. Mm-hmm. Huh. Very elegant, very sexy, really, and 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 it's a brain thing, you know, because nine ball is not that. Although it's all very physical, you know, in physics and making those bank shots and all this kind of stuff, it's very ethereal. It's all in your head, you know, that the physicality of it is minimal. Hmm, interesting. It's really a brain thing. But to bring it up to date, to, to now, it's like um, if you, it's like, here, I'm on, 
Yahoo. Okay, Yahoo is is like um, where I uh, it's it's my jump off page, right? That's the page I use when I go online. And Yahoo News, they always have these these uh, these Sports Illustrated models, little articles about these women that have been on there two times, three times, five times, you know, and so and and. So many women that make Sports Illustrated uh, swimsuit issues are models, but like a lot of these women are sports stars, right? Like right now, I'm looking at Alex Morgan in the uh, in Guana Island. You know this this beautiful, very slender um, soccer player that's been on Sports in Sports Illustrated on the cover three times. And then also, and then the next article is, oh, here's another Sports Illustrated babe. She's a model. But the one after that, she's, she's a fighter. She's a UCF, UFC fighter. And, and it's really interesting, this marketing around, around the female body, you know, and all, all at the same time that, that the female athletes are fighting, fighting to get equal pay or equal recognition and they're getting better audiences than a lot of the guys like especially like in in some of the soccer stuff going on and stuff but like here there's beautiful women lots of skin here on this this what do you call it soft porn on straight yahoo news online literature so so what you're saying is you're surprised that that world is in sports no, I'm not surprised at that. I just wanted to bring up, I don't know that I've ever heard, and I'm not, like, that dedicated a listener. I love listening to your show. You know that, Jim. Yeah, but, yeah. but, like, I don't think I've heard sex really brought up as an issue around not gender, but sex on this show before. And I just, for some reason, it came up in my head because that guy was talking darts, and all of a sudden I remember these beautiful women shooting nine ball when I was, like, 12 on TV. So I just wanted to bring up sex in sports tonight. That's all. That's me. It's, 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 it's yeah, I'd say it's everywhere. There, Thank you. Yeah. I, this is one I was caught off guard by. Uh, I'm usually prepared to talk about things, but this one, I, I don't think I, for whatever reason, I, I wasn't prepared for it. Uh, I, I think there is a, there's an inherent easy way to sexualize sports male or female athletes exactly. because you're dealing with athletes that are top level condition in the world it's it's very it, it's a it's not a difficult path to see like yes there's there can be a sexualization of that in a certain way um I still don't understand what the point of the of the Sports Illustrated swimsuit edition is. Like it's it's just the biggest like out of left field thing compared to what the rest of the issues of Sports Illustrated it's, are. It's exactly what it's 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 soft porn and it sells magazines. You, yeah, you don't yeah, have to but think. It's, it's you don't not, have to it's think. It's not hard. You don't. It's have not to, hard to understand why it exists because you're the 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 the, the content in terms of the content basically meaning the athletes. Our peak of physical condition exactly in in the world. Yeah. So from that regards, it doesn't surprise me. Like I got a fun fact. Um, um, we we got a major racer here, Colin. Fun fact: a Formula One car traveling at two hundred and fifty kilometers per hour—that's about one hundred and fifty mile an hour uh, car. 
-hmm. generates 2.5 G's. G's is a is a uh, unit of force, I think. Yeah, two G's of downforce. 2.5 G's of downforce. Theoretically, it could drive upside down on the ceiling of a tunnel. Does that, does that do, any, does that do any, anything for you, Chair? Yeah, it's a good visual. It's a good like <laughs> visual, visual, visual representation. Um, we're, we're, I like it. No, we're we're almost we're out of time. Yeah, so we're, we'll go ahead and start wrapping up here. Uh, loved it. I hope everyone enjoys the Super Bowl this week, upcoming weekend. Again, Jim and I will not be on the air. Make your own determinations of why we might be taking that week off, but uh, no, we're taking it off to watch the Super Bowl. Um, I'm taking it off because you're taking it off. You're taking it off because I'm going to watch Super Bowl. <laughs> That's true. We'll be back the following week. Uh, we got all sorts of good stuff to talk about. Uh, really excited. Uh, we have a big list of stuff. And again, I think I think in those two weeks, uh, we will actually be able to dive into some some winter sports, uh, local high school sports playoffs. Yeah, we, we should, we should have close. we should be into one of the rounds by then. That's good. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but yeah, thanks for everyone for calling and uh, and chatting about different things. Uh, and we'll be back in two weeks. That will be the nineteenth of February. Good to hear you, Jer. Thanks. See ya. Thanks, everybody. This has been a production of Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. KZYX, Philo, 90.7 FM. KZYZ, Willits and Ukiah, 91.5 FM. And Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. You can find more content like this on our website at kzyx.org. And consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thank you for listening.